This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chess. Hello and welcome back to the Premier Chelts. Rahul, welcome back. It's back to just you and I this week. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing good. It's been no Chelsea games, which means there's no pain. <laughs> I feel like that's a positive these days when we don't have to watch and go through the suffering. Absolutely. Lots of news articles coming out and things about what's going on behind the scenes. And maybe we'll have some time to break that in. But I think maybe we can start a little lighthearted today and talk about some other things going on in the world and... Champions League is back, my friend, for this week, and we were not playing, like you said, which is brilliant. So did you watch the Liverpool versus Madrid game? You know, I didn't. Uh, I was at work, and so I you know, I was obviously aware that the game was on, so I tuned, I checked it on my phone, and I saw Liverpool were up 2-0. It was like 15, 20 minutes in, and I was like, wow, Liverpool are really back. Um, obviously had no idea of how the goals were scored and, and come to find out yeah. Courtois basically gifted them one. Uh <laughs> But for some reason, I was just like, well, it's not over. We know firsthand when we play Madrid. Uh, Yeah, first 15 minutes don't really mean anything. So slowly I'm like looking at my phone, you know, like every half hour or so. And it's like 2-2, 4-2, 5-2. I'm like, damn, like Madrid really got pissed off. They were just like, let's see what happens. And then we'll just storm them. And they really did. Uh, So, hey, Madrid don't die in this competition and uh, really exposed you know, everything that Liverpool, everything that's wrong with Liverpool. Really, they did. And, you know, I was traveling for work as well, so I didn't get to catch it. But I ran into a Real Madrid fan and I said, hey, you're playing Liverpool today. How do you feel about that? And he was like, you know, fine, I think we'll do okay." And there was a little bit of cautiousness, but excitement at the same time. We kind of went our separate ways and I checked the score in a few minutes. I was like, 2-0, I need to go find this guy later (laughs) to get some banter in with him, right? And 90 minutes later, I checked the phone. I was like, 5-2. I was like, I need to hide from this guy because I'm going to get the banter at this point. But... Like you summarized, what a fantastic team. And I think in the age of tying this back to Chelsea, everything that's going on with Graham Potter right now, wouldn't you kill for someone like Carlo Ancelotti, who is maybe in that fashion of Graham Potter, where he's a little more calm and reserved, but tactically and and how he picks his teams and what he gets them to do is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, he's got the experience. He's got you know the, the history uh, of not only being a player, but also a manager and and. He just, his team, he doesn't really need to do much. His team yeah. know themselves, uh, you know, we're, we're messing up here and Modric and Cruz and Benzema, they just pick it up and, and go with it. And, and it's weird to think that his Ancelotti's position was a little bit under threat or, you know, yeah. uh, there were questions around it because as he would, wherever he goes, he ends up winning. And so uh, he's definitely a, a really, really good manager. Yeah, definitely miss him, but good luck to Madrid and Liverpool. Join us here with the suffering because we know what it's like. So (laughs) enough about them. Let's talk about another of our English Premier League teams, and that's Manchester City. They played Leipzig 1-1. Rahul, is Manchester City stumbling a little bit? They had that little bump where they were able to beat Arsenal, but things haven't gone so well since then. They really haven't, and I think that's just Man City this year. It's like you expect them, every time you expect them to go on a run and put a bunch of results together, they end up dropping points against Nottingham Forest. And and look, Leipzig away is tough. And, and yep. maybe previous years, Man City anyway, blow them away. But uh, like I said, this year, Man City are a different proposition. Maybe just figuring out, you know, playing with Holland, playing yeah. with 
uh, more of a focal point. But either way, Man City is Man City, and you fully expect them to to get out of this uh, tie with you know winning it. Yeah, and I think they have the advantage of the home leg in the second right. round, which is good for them. And Liverpool, unfortunately, has to go to Madrid. But nonetheless, I think Champions League is always exciting. We'll continue to watch, and hopefully when we do our Dortmund review, we'll be in better <laughs> shape. But we'll cross that bridge as and when we get there. I know you had a little stats about this particular leg or this particular Champions League round. None of the English teams won the first leg, right? No, because we just said, you know, Liverpool lost, Man City drew, Chelsea lost, Tottenham lost. Uh, mm. So for the best league in the world, uh, <laughs> it's not been a good first leg. But I fully expect, I think, at least three out of the four will will make it. And I'll let you know you and the listeners decide which is the one that does it. A moment of silence for Chelsea because we might be going out of that competition. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll cross that bridge in a few weeks. But let's move on and talk about an upcoming game. Chelsea have finally have a chance to get a win on the table. Rahul, we're playing Bottleham FC here in just a few minutes. I'm just kidding. I'm coming in hot and overconfident. It's Chelsea versus Tottenham. It's going to be an exciting one. London Derby. It's one of our old managers. He's been in and out recently with some surgery, but I'm sure he would love to get one in over us, wouldn't he? Oh, he definitely wouldn't. If the first game earlier this season was anything to go by, you know there's going to be uh, firecrackers on and maybe off the pitch. I don't know if Conte is missing and Graham Potter is, you know, a little more calm. Uh, definitely not off the pitch, but definitely on the pitch. I think the the rivalry, the the hatred, uh, if I could say that, between the fans and, and the players. And you just think back to the Battle of the Stamford Bridge yeah. uh, in 2016 and, and all that, that went down. So it's going to be an intense game. It's going to be a game where, again, like we said in the last episode, it's one of those for our for our perspective. If you win it, it's suddenly a different feeling. There's some momentum. Yep. You can look forward going into March with some positivity. But if you lose it, or if you you know uh, don't get the result that we want, then it's a different feeling. But I I really think this is an opportunity, and hopefully the players and and you know Graham Potter see it that way too. To Forget what's happened the last month, six weeks, eight weeks, and just restart and say, let's go, because it's like you said, it's Fulham FC. It really is an opportunity, Raul, and I know we say that every week, especially last week. It was painful with Southampton, but Chelsea notoriously have been successful against Tottenham, at least in these derbies where we usually come out on top, and sometimes it's actually a lot better than we expect. I mean, we get more goals. We kind of dominate them on the pitch. The last one was absolutely feisty, but we found a way to get a result with a 2-2. Now we're coming to the stadium, and I think you have some insights, but it's almost like you want to pick some of the Chelsea players that have been there a little long, that know the value of playing against Tottenham and winning against Tottenham, not only because as Chelsea fans, this is a big one and we want it, but as local talents like the likes of Mason Mounts and Reese James and those guys that have been there, even Thiago Silva now going into his third or fourth year, they know what it means to win it. And so hopefully that's the lift they need and we can kind of set aside the problems with the tactics or the first 11 or the atmosphere around the club. I think this is one that not only for Graham Potter, but for us fans, we need something to give us a little hope to hold on to. And I think you said this beautifully in the last one is something needs to change before it gets toxic at Stamford Bridge and it gets toxic around Chelsea. So lots of things coming in there, but you have some insights you want to share with us and I know you talked about maybe a striker that Tottenham have that haven't scored in the Premier League, and you'll break it down and see how <laughs> fortunate or how charity FC might come back this time. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that one in a second. But Tottenham have lost all three of their home Premier League games against Chelsea at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium by an aggregate of 6-0, to zero, uh, which means Frank Lampard and then twice on, under Thomas Tuchel, we beat them at their stadium. Uh, so, again, it's I think we used to call it three-point lane uh, back in the <laughs> olden days. Uh, I'm sure we could continue that now, but I, I wouldn't be that bullish right now. Hey, but you never know. It's... Uh, it's it's a London derby form goes out of the out of the window and and you know teams can uh, pick up a result. Another one, Chelsea are unbeaten in eight Premier League meetings versus Spurs, uh, while they're looking to become just the third team to win four consecutive games against uh, Tottenham. So, look, it's it's uh, pointing in a direction where we could make some history, but usually when that's the case, we end up being on the wrong side of the, of the history <laughs> uh, and someone that could make history or, or by, by scoring his debut Premier League goal for Tottenham is Richarlison. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording and he's come in from Everton earlier this season over the summer uh, and not made it into the starting 11 uh, that much, especially in the Premier League. I know he has a goal right. or two in, in the Carling, uh, I beg your pardon, in the Champions League. Uh, but nothing in the Premier League, and that's where Charity FC comes in, uh, and he'll find a way. I know he's been starting. At least he started the last game against West Ham. So uh, if he starts this one, and I think he has a decent record against us, because if I think back to even just <laughs> last season, uh, he scored in that one nil win against, uh, uh, you know, for Everton for against us, and so I'm, when I come when it comes to prediction time, I think I'm going to start with. Tottenham having one just so that Richarlison can can get that first goal. You, you need to be a little more conservative with the prediction. <laughs> I think I think I've been a little more aggressive, and maybe I won't be this time. But maybe look, we'll go through the game here, and you might get me excited. I don't know. Before we kind of pick a starting eleven role, I want to talk a little bit about the managers, and not in a negative connotation. It might turn out that way because I'm talking about a few key results here. But let's start with Antonio Conte, and I just pulled up some high level stats about him here to, to talk about going back to his days with Juventus. He had a 67% win rate, which is very, very impressive, although we know there are a lot of scandals and things like that. And so, okay, you take that with a grain of salt. From there, he comes to Chelsea, a 65% win rate. Rahul, that's up there with some of the top Chelsea managers and Klopp's and Guardiola's, and so he definitely needs to be commanded for that. I think it's one of those things where you forget, right, because it kind of ended negatively. We didn't win the Premier League that second season. He kind of said some stuff, not towards Chelsea fans, but... You could see it was fractured. He then moves on back to Inter, 62% win rate, and he's just completely doing what he does everywhere. And now with Tottenham, since he's joined them, he's brought them to a 55% win rate. And I think that's what we call them, Bottle and Hepsi, because you've got a good manager here, and, and they're not able to keep up that statistic. But look, those are kind of the high-level things. I'm going to flip over to Graham Potter, because I think it's important to talk about some of the percentages here. And I see you kind of bow your head in, in frustration but I'm going to go back to Osterson. I think that's where he was there for quite a bit of time. He had a 51% percentage win rate, which is not too bad. And then from there, Rahul, it's not great news. He goes to Swansea. It's a 41% win rate. Brighton is a 31% win rate. And now with Chelsea currently, it's a 36% win rate. So definitely down there as far as our managers with win rates. But it's something to look at when we pick this first team 11. What does he need to do to overcome Antonio Conte? Well, I mean, <laughs> those were some 
good stats in Conte's favor and, and not so good. At least uh, Potter's been consistent with Swansea, Brighton, and now Chelsea. No, I'm just kidding. Look, it's uh, again, it's it's an opportunity for Grant Potter. And, and I know we have created chances. I know we've been in a position where we could have won that West Ham game 2-1 and it's a different feeling, but it's not happened. And so maybe luck's not on our side and this game, maybe luck will end up being on our side and we get or put away our chances or get a chance that we otherwise wouldn't uh, in the last few games. But we have to be prepared for what Tottenham are going to be doing, and that's sit deep, be tight, uh, defend in their back three, back five, whatever it is. And then when they have the ball, they're going to hit us on the counter. And we have to be ready for that. We have to be alert. We have to be aware. Uh, and when you have the likes of Harry Kane, Son, or Charleston, like I was mentioning, Kulusevsky, they're always going to have an opportunity to get a goal or two. So we need to be prepared. We need to manage this game from the beginning. We don't have to get caught up in the mm-hmm. in the hysteria of a derby because that we've seen earlier this season what can happen. It gets heated. Uh, of course, there were no red cards, but it just gets heated. And then in a moment where you're away, uh, you know, the home fans are against you and things can go south. So uh, I think Potter needs to be honest with his players and, and kind of prepare them in the sense that we are going to have more of the ball. Let's just be smart with what we do with it. Uh, and the rest, you just have to kind of let it take care of itself. No, and I look, I think that they need to kind of figure out the tactics correctly. You look at what happened with Borussia Dortmund, where Chelsea won the front foot. They dominated a lot, but on the counter, absolutely devastating Dortmund. And Enzo was apparently the last one left there, and he just couldn't keep up with the pace. And if you think that one player had the pace to go past Enzo. You just mentioned the names, Rahul Sun, Kane, Kulisevsky, Richarlison. All of those guys have pace and agility and will find each other on the break. And so from a tactical perspective, it's very, very important. But I think that's a good segue into picking the first team 11. Why don't you give it a good stab and then we'll kind of discuss the, the team from there. I think Kepa in goal. Uh, there's no no other choice, but I think he anyway right. has, been, has been the first choice under Potter. So Kepa... I think Reese James has to start. He was rested mm-hmm. last week. Uh, so unless there's something niggly or something up with him, he has to start. Uh, I would go with Thiago Silva. Uh, I call him Batman Batashile. Uh, <laughs> and then Chilwell, Jackie. I think uh, I would like to see Chilwell. Logic would say Chilwell should be the one playing. But logic usually doesn't come through in, in some cases and and i wouldn't be surprised if i see kukurea but he also just had a baby and congratulations yeah. to him and the family uh so maybe that might be a reason that he doesn't make it to mm. the 11 or even in the squad uh but i would go with Chilwell, and then i think in midfield enzo again has to has to play he's our uh, first choice right now I'm torn between RLC and Connor Gallagher. I know RLC has played a little bit. Kovacic played the last game, yep. so he could be an option. But uh, I'm not sure. I'll leave that one open for, for us to kind of talk about a little bit more. Uh, on the right, I am going to go with Madueke. Okay. Uh, I will go with Joe Felix. Uh, Raheem Sterling on the left. Okay. And... Kai Havertz as the forward, but you know, again, him and Joe Felix can can work their magic by interchanging and rotating and whatever it is. Yeah, and I think you know, going back to Ben Chilwell, I think 100% he has to start. I don't want to disrespect Kukurea, and I think eventually he will come good. You don't just get a good player that's absolutely atrocious, and sometimes you see that from different leagues. 
but he's come from Brighton. He's playing for the manager. He's familiar with now really should come good. I think he just needs to get his head screwed on right, and that may take a little bit of time. But are you satisfied that Kai Havertz is the man up top? Is is it not maybe a chance for Fofana to come in and try again? Or are you thinking Kai Havertz carries that edge of aggression and steel that you need in a derby sometimes? I, I wouldn't say that, but I think so. it might be a game too big in the sense that Fofana, yes, mm. he's, he's an option, right? And he's come in in January. He's played a few minutes against Fulham. He played 45 against Southampton. But this game is a little bit different in the sense that, like I was saying, they're going to sit back. Yeah. So we almost need someone that can drag a defender out of place. And we've seen with Kai Havertz and Joe Felix, they, they have the ability to do that. I'm not saying Fofana can't do that, but yeah. I almost see him a little bit more as a player that could get in behind the team mm. or could get into in behind a team that is uh, playing a little bit further forward, maybe like a Liverpool or, or someone like that. I think with the Tottenham, you almost need to put players in that can – move the defense in a way or or occupy defenders while others are are you know getting in the box or doing their thing so again i wouldn't be surprised if fofana plays but mm. i just feel for what we are trying to do kai havertz might be a better option in this game and you know what's interesting Raul, is when you're struggling as a team you want to start to pick an 11 or at least close to a starting 11 as possible that repeats itself and gets to know each other i think the criticism we've seen in previous matches is the boys all play individually. It doesn't mean that they don't like each other or don't want to pass each other. Unfortunately, there's a little drama with Kukura and Mudrik there. I think that's going to mm-hmm. pass. But it means they don't know where their, their friend is or where their partner is. And do I pass right? Is he going to make that run? Do I pass left? Is he going to come back or drop deep? And that happens. Yes, you can train all day long on the training ground and it works off. There's no pressure. There's nobody screaming in the stadiums. But when you play it, in an actual match is where you build that team chemistry and you figure out what to do. And so while I don't think Graham Potter has figured out his best 11, which is a problem, I think if we can get seven, eight core players, which I think you've mentioned now, the Reese's, the Ben Chilwells, the Thiago Silva, even Badia Shield coming in there, Enzo, Jao Felix, and then you've got to figure out the missing pieces in and around that. I think one thing I want to mention, which is good, I don't think all of them are ready to come back, but it's lovely to see Kovacic coming back. I heard Conte is training this week, which... Yeah. Graham Potter has not even seen Kante play for Chelsea yet, so that's going to be absolutely incredible. Christian Pulisic back in. So a lot of the injured players that might be able to turn his season around, I don't know, but this is a good time. Do you have any more wrapping up thoughts on this, or do you want to go straight to scoreline predictions? I I, I mean, I, again, I, I think this is an opportunity for us to step up, to put mm-hmm. some bad results from the last few weeks right. Uh, and we've seen against West Ham and Dortmund and uh, maybe not against Southampton that much, but even Fulham a little bit, that we will have possession. We will have spells where we are the better team or at least controlling the ball. Now we need to put away our chances yep. and manage the game. That's what I say. I, I don't want us to get caught up in the occasion and I don't want us to get you know, thinking about the past too much because this is a game that if we get it right, we do the right things, we could definitely get the right result. It really is what it comes down to. And I think if any time we can get a, a right result is against Bottleham, I think that's the only time we can do this. So give me a score prediction, my friend. Well, Richarlison's getting one. So <laughs> there's one for Tottenham. Uh, I don't see a scoring more than two at the most. So I'm just yeah. going to go for a 1-1. One, one. 
Are you going to be happy with the draw? Is that enough to change your mind and that things are going in the right direction? I mean, it's better than the loss. So, <laughs> uh, look, I'd love for us to win. I'd love for us to win 3-1 or, you know, 3-0. But that's not where we are. So I think you have to be mindful of that. And if we win, great. But I think a draw is, is okay and we can move on to the next week. Oh, how far the Chelsea expectations have fallen. It's better than a loss at this point. But look, you make a fair point. I'm going to be a little brave. I'm going to go for a one-nail win. I think I need to keep myself optimistic, and hopefully these are things that will keep me happy till game day, and then we can cross that bridge when we get there. But there you have it. It looks like we might get some points on the board against them. But let's move on and talk about some other games that are going in in the Premier League, just because it might give us something to look forward to, Rahul. And I want to start with... Leicester versus Arsenal. I think it's a pretty big game because Leicester have found a little bit of form. They haven't been absolutely brilliant. And Arsenal had a little dip, but they're coming back to their best. What do you think about this game? It's a tricky one. I think Leicester at home are always going to be a tough opposition. They most recently beat Tottenham Mm 4-1 at the King Power Stadium. So it's it's going to be a tough game. But I think Arsenal have recovered from their mini blip that they had with dropping points, losing to Man City. Uh, and, you know, this is a game where if Arsenal get the first goal, I fully expect them to go on and, and get the win. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think they've found a way to just get back to winning ways, which is very, very important. They might be going on to win the league if this next game doesn't go the right way. But Bournemouth is playing Manchester City. What are your thoughts on that one? I think Man City are home, so I, I would have to go with the Man City win. I mean, it's... It would really be surprising if they dropped points there because then they really don't deserve to to win this league. Yeah, so Manchester City are actually away, which is interesting. But oh, wow, okay. Again, I think Bournemouth is another team that they haven't done so well. They're fighting in and around the relegation battle. West Ham is right on their, their tail right there. So it's going to be interesting. I think we found out, and, and we're an exception, but we found out when you go to a relegated threatened team that they can step up their game, but... Again, I think I have to see it out, and Manchester City will end up taking that game. Let's come to Crystal Palace and Liverpool. Crystal Palace, another one, Rahul, with Patrick Vieira. I think they've done very well for themselves. They're sitting 12th in the table, Liverpool sitting in at 8th, and Liverpool have gone through a a little good patch of form here. Can they continue from there after the results in Champions League? I, I think so. You almost expect a reaction, but Crystal Palace at home, right? Crystal Palace is at home, that's correct. Yeah, and that's a tough one. We saw mm-hmm. them you know, get a draw against Manchester United. Uh, we've gone there, or we, we will be going there later this season. And uh, it's just always a tough game. And like you said, Vieira deserves a lot of credit. So I think a draw might be a fair result here, given you know Liverpool, what they've done midweek. But Liverpool surprised me last week with a win against Newcastle away. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wouldn't put it past them, but I think a draw. Yeah, I think that seems like a good result for everybody. And for Liverpool fans, I think maybe you're not right out of hot water just yet, but working towards finding consistent form. And who knows, in the summer, they might get a few good signings and the Premier League might get even more difficult to win, Rahul. But we want to talk a little bit about the Chelsea women, but I'm going to pass that over to you in a few minutes. Before we go there, let's come back to the men's side for a minute. Mason Mount is the name on a lot of tongues these these months with Chelsea. Not always for good news. We know he's going through a tough patch of form, as the rest of the team is. He is in the middle of the contract negotiations. It seems to keep stalling. What are your thoughts on this? And do you think he may not be a Chelsea player in the summertime? It's it's a weird one to think about because he is Chelsea through and through. And I mm-hmm. know 
maybe it's come down to the number of years that are being offered. And I think he may not be comfortable with that or whatever be the case. So it's stalled right now. But I fully expect that there will be some resolution because I can't imagine our new owners letting someone like Mason Mount leave just because they couldn't agree on, you know, wages or, or the duration of a contract. Uh, so I fully expect this to get resolved maybe at the end of the season or going into the summer. Right. Uh, but for, don't don't think that it will go south, but you never know. You know, I'm one of the big Mason Mount fans out there. We were fortunate enough to meet him in person. He was able to sign my jersey. We had a quick chat with him, and he's just a, a lovely person to kind of talk to and hang out with, which is great. I think my fear, Rahul, is if we drag this out, a contract is not signed. You can find good terms. It makes sense, not for me, but for ownership, logically to allow Mason Mount to look for a club in the summer because anything you get for that sale is 100% profit. And knowing the $600 million you spent, all of the wages that are in there, if you drop that out and you get $40, 50000000 million for a gentleman with his last year's contract who's very good... That would help Chelsea, but that would be absolutely devastating. I think we've seen too many good players leave Chelsea, and it doesn't always work out. I'm thinking Aiden Hazard in recent memory, but you know Antonio Rudiger leaving last season, for example, was one that hurt a lot, and we saw how much we suffered for that. So I, for one, hope they find an agreement and they get to keep Mason Mount here for a long, long time because no matter where form is, class is permanent, and I think he'll come back to his best, but... Hoping he signs, but Rahul, I'll pass it over to you to talk about the women's and then maybe take us home from there. Yeah, so the women are back. They were on an international break where uh, England won the Arnold Clark Cup, which is an invitational uh, kind of tournament that was held over the last, uh, over this week, where uh, England ended up winning Lauren James. Our Lauren James was the player of the tournament, uh, which was great. Uh, so she's really having a great breakout season. Not that she was someone that people didn't know about, but she's really kind of elevating herself to the next level, not just for Chelsea, but also for England, which is great to see. Uh, but the Chelsea women are back this weekend and they play Arsenal in the FA Cup, uh, the games at the Kings, King, uh, Kings Meadow. And it's uh, it's a tough one because it's Arsenal. Arsenal always a tough to opposition. Uh, you know, they're one that have fought with us for leagues, that have fought with us for the FA Cup last season, if I remember right. Uh, so it's going to be a game that, again, with you know, with the women's team, uh, there will be goals, but it's really down to if we can, you know, keep a clean sheet and how we manage that. The last five results, uh, we drew 1-1 against them in the WSL uh, back in January. Uh, before that, we beat them 2-0 uh, in the FA Cup. Before that, we drew nil-nil in the league. Uh, uh, in December of 21, we beat them 3-0 in the final. So uh, we tend to do better or get the win, outright win in a, in a, a knockout football game, kind of what we're doing this weekend. But if this weekend wasn't enough, we have a final against them the following weekend in the Conti Cup. So uh, if I was to choose one, which I know Emma Hayes wouldn't choose one, she wants both. Uh, but if I was to choose one, I'd maybe prefer a final. But I also want both uh, wins and both progression in the sense that we go through this game and we win the cup next week. Uh, but it's great to great to have them back because in these dark times, they're the only shining light. They really are, and they're second in the league, so this is with a game in hand. 
hopefully they can get that win and kind of climb their way up to the top of the league. Yeah, and, and I mean, Champions League is back. I believe they yep. got Lyon, uh, which is a tough opposition, but they're in all the competition, so uh, maybe we should start transitioning over to covering them <laughs> and just talking about the men. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I think they fully deserve all the attention and uh, you know, I was watching a few clips on Twitter of, of the documentary, which, by the way, if you haven't seen, uh, the Chelsea women's had a documentary that was done by, um, forget the out- outlet, but uh, it shows you the mentality, Jackie. I mean, you look at Emma Hayes talking to Jess Carter, who had come in, and Emma goes to her, how many, how many medals you got? And Jess Carter's like, zero. And she's like, so what have you, you've, come, you've come to Chelsea to change that, right? And she's like motivating her and getting her to change that. And by the end of that season, I think she had at least two. Yeah. So it just shows you what you know what she's doing there, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to say it. I, I don't want to go there. Uh, I'm going to stay positive. So uh, I'm I'm excited to have them back and see how they go. And of course, our friends at the Kings Meadow uh, podcast, but also our friends at the CFC Fanzine will be will be out there selling uh, edition four. So definitely check it out. And if you're interested. Uh, in getting any of the older editions, send them a DM, uh, reach out to us. We'll we'll hook you up and we'll uh, put you in touch with them. But that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us at the Premier Chels on all podcast providers, YouTube, Instagram, and on Twitter. It's at Premier Chels. Uh, and we will be back with a review. Hopefully it will be some positivity here because – uh, I can't take any more Graham Potter out talks and players haven't been performing. We just need to get a win. I don't care how it happens. I don't care what the score is. Just get the three points. Uh, but stay safe, guys. Until then, up the Chels. Hey, guys. The Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home, so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.